Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name's Emily. My name's Andrew. And today is uh, it's kind of a little bit different for us, don't you think? Yeah, a little bit on the different side, but not an unwelcome different. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. So, I mean, we've done we've done guest hosts before, but we've never done two of them at once, and we've never done it in person. Right. So that was super cool. We've also never interviewed the guitarist from my favorite band before. That is also true. Yeah, so uh, just so everyone knows, today we're going to be talking to Steve and Tad from The Hold Steady. Uh, They're a band that means a lot to me. I've been listening to them since I was in high school, and I just have a lot of emotions about them uh, as as a group. And I so I don't know how, how much I should really get into it, Andrew. Uh, I mean, I think... I don't want to get too much into the to the episode contents, but just for some context. So Emily, you've been super into this band for a while, which um, yeah, that- since high school. I mean, I think they were my first sh- uh, eighteen and over show at the Southgate House, rest in peace, in Newport, Kentucky, and it was like a few days after my eighteenth birthday. I had in like. It was at that moment I realized, oh, I can go to shows at the Southgate House now. This band I like a lot called The Hold Steady is playing. It was on a school night, and I told my mom I really wanted to go. And she's like, I don't think you should. It's a school night. And I said, well, I'm 18, so you can't really stop me. And she stopped and she said, I'll go with you. So my mom took me to my first Hold Steady show, uh, ripped the poster off the door on my way out. Uh, a few months later, my best friend Michelle and I went to see them again, also in Kentucky. And I – they became one of those bands I would see once a year. And then I saw them in 2010 and I hadn't, I didn't, they just didn't come back to Nashville and then they stopped touring. And before I knew it, it had been eight years and I hadn't seen the hold steady in eight years. And it really bummed me out. And then they started doing these residencies. And last year, uh, Rick and I went to see two of their shows in San Francisco. And after the sound, we, we bought like these special sound, uh, check tickets. And afterwards I went up to Tad and I just started asking him about some guitar stuff. And then I started talking with Steve and then I saw Steve at the airport the next day, uh, when we were leaving and I just kind of kept up with them. Uh, so when they were coming to Seattle, uh, you know, Steve's a little bit easier to get in touch with. I think Tad would agree with that. Uh, I asked like, do you guys want to do the podcast? And, and they were down and, that made me very happy. They're super down and they're also, uh, well, first of all, they're super rad folks. And I, I being new to the band, the the whole scene from an outsider's perspective is really neat. I got to go to the show on Friday here in Seattle and that was just a total trip. I'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get into it with Tad and Steve a little bit about my impressions, but I, that was so rad. I'm so thankful I got dragged into this. So, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's something where like, I always liked the band on record, and then when I saw them live, it was transformative. Uh, yeah. It's the best way I can I can describe it. I think there's one of those great live bands. And then the the audience, and we, we do get into that in the episode. The audience right. is very special. So we'll, we'll say that for the episode. Um, uh, shout out to, to Tad and Steve again for being on the show. And can't mm-hmm. wait to listen to them. Before we get into the episode, a couple of bits of housekeeping. I want to uh, talk we- about the whole study more. Oh, what did we talk about it so much in the episode? Okay, but I didn't. 
I didn't. Okay. One thing I didn't get to do, I wanted to give a shout out to the singer Craig, who I ran into on the street the night after um, Andrew went to the show with me. And he bought uh, my friend Amy and I a beer. <laughs> that was really, it told us some, some really great stories. So that, yeah, it was just a very special weekend for me on a personal level. Um, I am sure that some people I saw at the show uh, are going to listen to this. So, uh, Brendan, Amy, TK, Lauren, Spencer, um, Josh, um, Ron, if you're listening, hey, hey. Oh, also Mimi, the, the ER nurse. Fantastic. And, Thank you. And it was a pleasure meeting all of you fine folks. And yes. it was such a great group of all y'all to be around standing next to Truly. All right. And now you can get into the housekeeping, Andrew. Okay. A little bit of housekeeping. I'm really excited to announce, um, or not, I think we've already announced it, but uh, we've got the a new addition to the For Fuzz Sake lineup of merch. Uh, it's a fun little phrase. I, I really, as much as cursing can be cathartic, there's also something kind of fun about replacement words. And there's also just the, it's like an inside guitar joke. I think it's super funny. I think it's kind of, kind of rad. And so we got that t-shirt up in the store. The t-shirt is, it's, uh, yeah, I I did a little bit of work on this and shout out to Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum for being so willing to take a look at the ideas I was throwing his way uh, as I was trying to flesh out what this was going to look like. But it's, uh, it says for fuzz sake on it and the background is a circuit design. It's actually the circuit from the Mount Hood fuzz boost that we did in uh, collaboration with Spruce Effects. So it's a really, there's, there's layers to the meaning of the shirt. I think it's super rad and I think you should get one. They're, they're really reasonably priced. They're like only like twenty bucks. So. Oh uh, yeah, this something like that. I, I okay. Uh, so just because like the shirts are more expensive for like the double and triple XL, I think those might be a dollar more each or something like that. Yeah. Can't so, really can't really help that. But that I wanted to, and, but I wanted to be able to off, I wanted to be able to offer those sizes because I know it's important to, to people. No, definitely. I, I'm a huge fan of that. And then so we've got that. Buy yourself a shirt. Buy your. Don't forget to buy a hat. Um, I, which reminds me, I need to buy myself a hat. I did give uh, Tad the hat off of my head. And he wore it like, at Soundcheck. <laughs> he wore it at Soundcheck. I could not be – I was so stoked to give it to him. But I also really like the hat, which means I just now need to order another one for myself. So that should be – If I think I've already ordered it, so it should be on the way. And, oh, you did? Yeah, so. Nice. And then before one last thing before we jump into the episode is a word from our sponsor is – the man, the legend, the myth, Chad Jennings of Jennings Guitars. Uh, check out the website if you haven't already. Uh, check out website, Instagram, give him a follow on Instagram at Jennings Guitars. Great dude, amazing builder, and just I, I don't want to oversell it. Just take a look and enjoy. Just allow yourself to soak in how great those guitars are. The big, the big thing for you to take away is don't let the good looks fool you. They're not that expensive. For a made in USA guitar, they're super reasonably priced. Don't oh, let yeah. the good looks fool you. <laughs> so Don't let the good said, looks fool you. Wait, wait, wait. You forgot. We talked about the Mount Hood, but we didn't talk about the sale on the Mount Hood itself. Oh, we didn't talk about so we've got more stuff for sale. We're, we've just got everything on the planet you could want and more. The Spruce uh, Effects, Hood. yeah. At Spruce Effects uh website, you can get the Mount Hood. I use the code get offset to save like forty bucks on it. Yeah, it's like so. It's it's. I think it's that makes it two hundred dollars shipped. Yes. So pass go collect two hundred, and I don't know what else you would spend on, or you could just pass go and get 
a Mount Hood Fuzz Boost? That just I, seems like the logical answer. That sounds a lot more fun. I love mine. It does sound a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I'll let you get back into uh, introing us to the episode. And I'm done interrupting uh, you. I keep being like, I'm not done talking about the things I want to talk about. I know. There's so just there's so much. This is such a, a week of hype, and there's so much to talk about, and so oh, much, so much. But so Andrew, I'm sorry. There's just... one. Sorry, there's one more thing I need to tell you. Okay. Last night I booked tickets to see the Hold Steady in Nashville, so I'm going back to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Addicted oh. for life. You know, yeah. <laughs> very cool. Very legal. Uh, let's let's just jump into the episode. I mean, uh, what can I say about this intro? It it doesn't have to be pure. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just sort of has sort of has to be worth it. <laughs> we tried. It just kind of sorry, Craig. To, you know the fact that I'm like this new to listening to this band, I'm already like starting like have quotes pop around in my head. That's that's a huge. I think not to toot my own horn, but I don't normally do it that fast. That yeah, Denver Haircut's a cool song, man. No wait, that, yeah, that's Denver that's Haircut. Denver Haircut. Yeah. Yes. So, awesome. All right, let's get into the, the episode. Bye. Bye. Oh yay! Hi. 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 Bye. Hi. Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name's Emily. Hi, I'm Andrew. Hey, I'm Steve from the Hold Steady, and I'm Tad from the Hold Steady. Awesome. So uh, you guys are in Seattle for the first time as the Hold Steady in a while. 2014, I believe. Yeah? Yeah. 2014? Yeah. Well, um, Andrew had his first Hold Steady experience last night, and I kind of want to get his take of it. You haven't listened to the records or anything, right, man? Uh, I started listening this week like more in depth, but yeah, it was pretty green showing up. Nice. But Emily's been talking about it so much, I feel like... Uh, I feel like I just went to church for the first time. And, like she's my my friend. She's like you should come to church with me. You should come to church with me. I feel that's kind of how it felt walking in. Everybody knew each other. It was super rad, and I'm I'm officially a fan. I was really blown away. You caught the spirit. Caught the spirit. Yeah, I, I caught the bug. The spirit, whatever you want to call it, it's contagious. <laughs> so, so would you say like um, when you say it was like church, like a, the communal experience of that? The communal experience. There's the um, you know like I. I, I was raised Catholic when I was a little kid, but I I don't remember like all of the liturgy and the things to say. And so when I showed up and everybody's got the hand motions and the five and the one, I'm like, you guys, everybody knows this stuff. This is, I feel so left out, but also like I want to be a part of this now. I was trying to give you cues. You were doing, you're, you're doing a great job. <laughs> it was a fun time. I, how I how are you feeling little... today though? You feeling a little rough this morning? It was a good night. Well, yeah, that, that, if, right. if you're feeling a little rough, then it's a proper Hold Steady show yes, for you. Yeah, that's fair. The whiskey flowed freely. Okay, who's that cat, Tad? It's, uh, that's Ziggy. That's your cat? Yeah. I have a black cat also, Princess Carrie Fisher. It's National Black Cat Day. It is today. National yes. Black and Cat I, you know Day. What? My cat, I had a black cat named Skinny Butt, and he died in 2003 before oh. we had pictures on our phone, so I can't put a, I don't have a picture of Skinny Butt. Skinny Butt. That's a great awesome. cat he name. He was such a rad cat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, Ziggy is like, I named him after Danzig. Oh yeah, nice. Because he's like he's like his whiskers are black, his nose is black. There isn't like it's all, he's completely, entirely black. There isn't a white speck or any other thing on nice. him. It's really bizarre. So especially when it's dark in the apartment, like you kind of <laughs> just, just void with if eyes. he doesn't blink, you sort yeah. of can't see him depending on where he is. Yes, I, that's what I love about black cats is that sometimes you take a picture of them and they are just a void with eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to yeah. get that. Especially with the with the phone cameras, like um, what, what what was that? What, oh, don't worry about it. Okay, um, 
like the the shutter on the camera phones or the um mm-hmm. Aperture. Thank you. Aperture. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's in, and, it, in, and you miss it entirely. Sorry. Oh, totally. That's Kumar. I'm, I'm living that Maine Coon oh, life. Oh, oh, those are beautiful cats. Yeah. I heard they're Aww. good for people with allergies, but they I don't know that's true. They, no, this, I, like, I had three short hair cats, and they all shed like crazy. Um, oh, Andrew's tacos. got his girly, garlic fries. Yeah. Got his tacos. tacos, that's him. But yeah, he shed so little for a long, like, uh, all my short hair cats just left hair everywhere. Kumar doesn't. Yeah, Carrie's, yeah. I've, I don't know why I bought a blue sofa. That cat is messing it up. I've heard they're, like, they're so, somebody used the word hypoallergenic. Yeah. How are cats hypoallergenic? Well, they don't shed less. a lot. And I don't, hypo. Hypo means Latin. less, like. Yeah, okay, okay, mm, yeah. okay. So not, not, they're not Like, if you're, non- if you're hyperglycemic, it's too much. You know, sugar. Yes. Yeah. Your hypo. High is low blood sugar. Okay. We stu- I remember biology. Hype, hype, like how I much have, have cell is, is saturated. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I can't not eat. Yes. Your hypoglycemia. Okay. That's that's my girl. Oh, nice. What and yes. what? Do you know what kind of cat that is? Just an American short domestic short hair. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. She was an adoptee. Yeah, yeah. Situation. I love those eyes. Mm-hmm. She's got great eyes. She's a sweet girl. Doesn't. Yeah, she's got a fem- definitely a feminine. Yep. Um, I had a torty girl cat that mm. was amazing. She was so pretty. She got killed by dogs. It was yeah, that was an early oh, story. That was, yikes. It sucked. It ba- it's bad. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But I'm going to keep it positive. Yeah, you got to stay positive. You um, got to stay <laughs> I heard that. All right. You want me to stop recording for a minute, Just Andrew? Just that later. You know what? Yeah. Oh. Is that on this? That way... People put something on the table. It's not gonna That is key. So we are in a bar with uh, Tad and Steve from the Hold Steady. Very exciting for us. Here kind for me. I'm also excited. Yes. 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 When we were waiting for you guys, um, Andrew kept. Uh, you what? You said talking about amps. And I was like, okay, buddy. He's very impressed with your amp setup. Oh yeah, so we're talking outside, and I, oh. so one of the things that I was listening to this band, I'm like this band sounds massive. You said there was two guitar players though, like this, like a really good mix, but then also a keyboard player. That and then she, uh, Emily was like, oh yeah, and the singer's also a guitar player. I'm like, three guitars and a keyboard player on stage. How do you make sonic space for that? When I showed up um, last night, I was checking out the amp setup. You got the Vibrolux and the AC15, uh-huh. the, the bigger amps, and you've got that Magnatone. And the AC10? AC15. Yeah. Is it AC15? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and then Craig has the, the Princeton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it just seem like descending order the size of amps, almost? Well, well, that's, we, you know, for, because we do so many clients and stuff, mm-hmm. those are, um, that's just rental Re- yeah, stuff. That's yeah, that's Okay. So yeah, yeah, we just yeah. fly with a couple of guitars and, and pedal boards. But, but that's, I mean, that's not, that's pretty comparable to what, yeah, I mean, it's the new world order, so to speak. I mean, we used to tour with, like, I had a 50-watt Plexi hashtag and an AC30. Yep. You know, and, and you had... Well, yeah, when we first started touring, I had a 100-watt park, like a huh. nice. U71 park, and a, and, super a reverb. and a super reverb. Nice. That I yeah. ran always. My favorite Fender. Fender yeah, yeah, yeah. Might as well. Yeah. Might as well. It's the best sounding one. Oh, can I swear? Sorry. I don't care. Oh, okay. We I'll, can. I'll, I'll, we, we do edit it out Okay, afterwards. that's fine. Yeah, you're going to have we to do We edit them in with cat meows. Oh, that's great. I'm going to swear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the f***? 
But you know, um, so yeah, like it's kind of gone to small combos, but like it, here again, things aren't quite what they seem like. Uh, so I got a Vibrolux, but I'm using, um, so I got an ABY box that I go in. Yep, I run the, 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 the AC15 and the other amp together all the time. I don't switch back and forth. Um, but I've got a box of rock feeding the, uh, the Vibrolux. Okay. Z-Max? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I almost wore my Z-Max shirt today. Because yeah, if, if I were to wind up that Vibrolux, it would be too loud. Also, exactly. because on, when I'm, like, Tad's an island on himself. He can kind of do whatever he wants to do. Um, but uh, <laughs> since I've got the keys and the bass, you know, on either side of me, right. like, they're like, you're too loud. You're blowing me out. So I have to, like, figure out volume. Yes. So you use the box of rock to attenuate? It's almost? like a master volume, yeah. yeah. You know. And, and the magnetone that I'm using is actually, to, to line that thing up to where it needed to be to have it sound good, it would be, it, you know, like blow me off the stage. So mm -hmm. what I'm actually doing is, uh, Steve has one too, but those, they're the little um, box, um, what are they called? AC50 or? AC, no, it's not, it's just called the Vox AC. It's one of those little micro amps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. So I have one of those that's, basically dual lock to the back of that yeah. Magnavox and nice. one of the speakers is going into that uh -huh. and then the other speaker is coming out of the external speaker of the AC-15. Oh, so the magnetone isn't even on. Yeah. Um, though yesterday at Soundcheck I did, I'm using that box now as a preamp uh -huh. or a same same thing he's right. going to buy, like I'm using it as the master and right. then you know the magnetone is just the sort right. of power section of it. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna try and put the I have, I have my box amp little box with me as well, but the the Vibrolux is that weird Fender like two ohm like the way they would right. do the combos, so it's it's you can't you can't put it in there to mismatch and beat. The little the, the little Vox microamps have been. I mean, I think I can always get mine to sound pretty much how I, especially if I can blend it with another like yeah. piece of tube amp. Right. Um, I can get it to sound you know how I like it or how I want to and doing the fly thing especially when you're dealing with backline equipment and you don't you know you can tell them what you want but it right. doesn't mean that necessarily that's what you're going to get right. it's nice to have some consistency to know that at least you're going to have one amp that you know how it sounds yeah, yeah. right um, and, it, and it's little and portable yeah and, and it, it goes in a guitar case yeah right well, and yeah, too yeah. like just like the, the way we've been doing things you know so we've been doing these residencies rather than touring like we don't get on a bus and go for show after show for week after week Right. It's just like we post up in the city and do three or four shows, but because of that, we you know there's there's rental gear, but it's it's also kind of I think you know I think I speak for Tad when we were both like we were you can get a little bit precious about things. Well, this is how I get my tone, but it's mm -hmm. it's kind of freeing to be like whatever, man. Just give me something and I'll make it work. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. like I'll sort it out. It's kind of it's it's sort of fun to be like, well, let's see what we get and let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. Right. Um, Rather than like, no, I need two high-powered tweed twins and two dumbbells, and like yeah. that's the only way that. <laughs> like, oh, I can't play this. Yeah, I can't turn down. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> I can't turn down. It's my tone. But yeah, put just put the sneeze guard in front of me and see yeah. what happens. <laughs> um, so it's you know. When we were talking about pedal boards, I think when this was off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were a little bit. Uh oh, fight gang. Oh. It must be going to the sea monster. What's the sea monster? It's a biker bar. Okay. Oh, okay. I think it was a 
Not that kind of biker bar. That kind of like, louder kind of like. It's a rad bar name. I would definitely go to the Sea Monster. That's what they called me in prison. <laughs> or is it the Octopus Lounge? I forget. You know, they're, it, they're like across from each other. I've never been to the Sea Monster, but I almost went in. Uh, it, it's so funny story. I was chaperoning for my sister in law's 21st birthday. It's a long story, but my in laws were like, hey, uh, she's going to go out with some of her friends. Could you just tag along and make sure nothing bad happens? Because. In a city, that it, for a young woman, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. And so I was like, sure, I'll, I'll tag along. And they, there was a show having the Sea Monster they wanted to go. So we, we were walking, we parked, and we were right at the corner where the Sea Monster is. And I run, ran into a bunch of my coworkers. And one of them, thank goodness, isn't a guy I work with anymore. But he was like, hi. Like, they all said hi. I thought we'd just shake hands. We'll see you at work on Monday. Cool. And then he's like, he got all creepy and wanted to, like, talk to my sister-in-law. He's like, oh, like... Uh-oh. It's your 21st birthday. Like, if you're looking for a good time, like, I've got a studio. We could go hang out later at my place. I'm like, dude, this is my sister-in-law. Can you not? Like, yeah. yeah. The whole like awkward like edging myself in between until he got the hint. She shut him down really well. It was really funny. Good for her. It was so creepy though that uh, my sister-in-law was like, "Yeah, I don't want to be in the same zip code as that guy." Yeah. Because like, he's gonna be at the bar down the street, so we left and went to Cap Hill. I, I wouldn't edge myself in between him. I'd just grab a glass off the bar and smash it into his head. <laughs> I was tempted to, but I didn't want to also lose my job over it. Uh, you don't want to cut your hand before it uh, Right, right. Um, speaking of which, so I was putting, like, I, uh, <clears throat> so we were saying how Steve and I had the custom audio electronics for Bob Bradshaw built for us, and they're enormous and wonderful and also sort of just absurd and, and <laughs> difficult to move around the country when you're flying. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of gone back to actually kind of pulling parts here and there off them, but but mostly just like building our own. I don't know, like Steve's got sort of the, I had to kind of copy how he set his up the mm-hmm. other night in the hotel room. I'm like, oh yeah, it sounds all funky and weird in my, my, um, help what pedal my um the legs my, yeah my rotary pedal yeah, yeah. Striving it, was, legs, yeah. it was in the wrong spot and it sounded yeah. shitty and yeah so he pulled he had to pull us out and he opened up he left on his bed and he was like here there you go now you're gonna look mine <laughs> <laughs> just this is how it is yeah well you know like because like when we got like the bradshaw stuff it was i mean i don't know that was several years ago but like you know I mean, the pedal board thing was getting going, but like there was not as much available in terms of like different, like the pedal trains right. and the gator stuff, you know. Yeah. Right. So like, cause I had gone from like, you know, I used to just like straight up just a piece of plywood. Right. With with Velcro, you know. Which and, I also copied. Yeah, cause we, we yeah. I, I was in another band uh, that was on the same label as a Hold Steady. Bloodthirsty Love. Bloodthirsty Love. That's how I met these guys. Mm-hmm. And so Tab was like stringing this shit, you know, on the floor, and I had like just to plop down. <laughs> My scene was weak. Oh. Um, <laughs> Just you, carrying them around in a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. Yes. Yep. Um, been there. It's Ooh. so it's it's nice to go back to doing your own thing because like there's so much more available, like to to, to make a really clean you know yeah. tight rig, and I think too like the Bradshaw stuff was cool, but like it wasn't as modular because the way he built it was so like the infrastructure was such where you really had to like dig in there and like. It was hard to change things on the fly. Right. Uh, with the board it must now, be impossible to yeah, change yeah. things on the fly. I also totally didn't really under, understand how it worked a lot of the time. No, so I, I was screwed. I mean, because it had a brain, you know. Yeah. And like, so, you know, I didn't do the pedals in the drawer. I had like, you know, in a rack or whatever. I had the pedals. I like to have the pedals in front of me. But right. there was a controller yeah. that had like all just the buttons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And ostensibly, you could 
program it. Yep. But in four years, I never did. I didn't. I didn't I either. And I, you know, I eight. I mean, I like I like weird pedals, but I don't like to have to bust out a manual. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. give me a one sheeter top, a little cue card. I love um. There's something called Caroline effects. Yeah. 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 And I just love they just send you a little card, has some recommended settings that yeah. they can kind of roll from there. Yeah. yeah. The closest I'll do is like the secondary features and the strand and stuff. I'd have to like look it up on YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I actually had to get on YouTube for the, for the to figure out how to how to change the. Was slow, I right? Slow. Yeah, you hold them both, both down. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, um. You have a you have a little strifecta. I do. I have the yeah. The, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, there's the, the Strifecta is the, the Big Sky, the Mobius, and the Timeline. Those, it's, there's actually a definition for it. Yes, yeah, so that's the. Oh, that's the. No, I can't. That's the original. three big ones. Yeah, yeah. three big box ones. I have the Mobius that I used to have on the Bradshaw board, but it didn't. It didn't make the cut with the, on the other board because one is too big, mm -hmm. and yeah. two, it's got a, it's got a screen on it. It's yep. just, I hate the screen. What's it called? Yeah. Option paralysis or whatever. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. I, you know I can't deal with it. Like I don't want to be scrolling. Yeah, like, yeah. If I got to scroll, um, I'm done. I haven't done that. Awesome, but the, the closest I've come to thinking about it, and I might pick one up, is the the Helix HX Stomp. So it's little mini yeah. Helix, just just as a decent amp in a box kind of deal for home. Right. Well, just as a decent amp in a box for home. And maybe like there's a couple of effects <laughs> she that says I says mockingly. I know. Just, a, just a five hundred dollar decent box. In it. Well, How much are those things? Uh, you know, on the used market, they're coming down under five hundred. So. What's what? I don't know what you're talking about. To be honest. So, so line six has the Helix four units. Okay. They, yeah. they do they do everything, including Did you like say amp the and HX, cap. The HX sound. <clears throat> yeah. I it, do that too. Yeah. So on reverb, I know they go new for around six hundred, and they're selling on reverb for about five hundred. I think I saw it listing for like four twenty-five. Is this, this what Brett Scholl is playing for? Oh. I, I don't know off the top of my head. That's a decent little box in the name. I mean, it, yeah. it's all along the same lines of like the Kemper and the Axe Effects. See, I've thought about doing this, like just like going straight, like no pedal board, no amp, like yeah. sh showing up to a backline gig and just being like plopping that down. Jesus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Plopping it down and, and just being like, just put, because like then you know you're going to be, like if you don't have yeah. an amp, you know you're going to be in a PA. Right. Yeah. But they're not going to be like, oh, this guitar's too loud, I'm just going to dump them. It's right. Like, if you don't have an amp, you have to be in a PA. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there's there's a lot to be said for it, but the big unit's like 1500 bucks, and there'd be no point in, I mean, do that maybe an expression or a couple of other pedals, but... But the purpose is you don't have to have other pedals. Isn't it like, the point? That, well, right, that's that's right. the whole point. I, it sounds, it, I'll be honest, it does sound good. It just isn't my jam, and for a guy that doesn't play out in a band currently, it's just why. Right. I've, I've heard a lot of people well, I feel like, and I don't know if you, you probably experienced this too, I have a lot of people, a lot of people talk to me about some of the amp modeling stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and like... The Kempers and stuff? Yeah. Soft tube. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, for as far as plugins, you know, for, you know, recording, Steve and I were talking about this too, like, I love the software, the software is incredible and I use it all the time, in mm -hmm. fact, I, there have been times even on a couple of things that I've done that have been released where I didn't use an amp, I plugged directly in, like, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. um, because it's so, the, the software is so pow like powerful and it sounds so good, but for live, it's just like, I, and maybe this is just me not getting things, but from going to a half stack when it's kind of blowing air against the back of your legs, yeah. to nothing now, I, you know, the smaller amps I love because they're controllable, right? Mm -hmm. and you can kind of use, 
an array of them and yeah. typical, you know kind of blended tones but I don't, I don't know the amp modeling stuff it also seems overly <coughs> I don't want to say complicated because I know it's easy to use but it's just like I don't you know, hey, right. But I've got a ten watt app that sounds great. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, <clears throat> totally. I know that there are some it's like churches that do like the no sound stage, like silent stages. A lot of churches choose to do that. I've played yeah. for churches that do that, and you just oh, show. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah you just have everyone no... has in your monitors. And yeah, the drummer's okay. like behind a wall or something. Yeah, they, they put them in a the fish tank basically. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> okay. guard. Yeah, yeah. A buddy of mine, like they, he has a, he plays to a basement, and like they have it like in the basement. Yep. Yeah, but he just got the ox box or whatever. Right, ox boxes are great. Um, yeah. uh, I played for a church where you just you blend the ba a radial SGI, where it converts to XLR balance, and you run that however far to the back room. See, I, I, I have a church gig. Mm -hmm. I have a regular church gig, and um, I get a, I just have a, uh, an old box Cambridge, which I bought in like 1994. I love on that It's one of the greatest amps ever. I didn't even know what it was when I bought it. Uh -huh. Now I'm like, I'm so glad I bought this amp so many years ago. It's like a Princeton, basically. Okay. Tin, yeah. But it's it's. Um, but yeah, I just use that, and nobody seems to complain. I get away with it, so. It's Good. Cool. The whole church thing, man. I did. I didn't realize all the the, 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 the scene around that. That's like driving such a big part of like the pedal, the pedal market. market. Yeah. It's oh, insane, yeah. and the pickups and the amps, everything. They all want to like appeal to the church folk because they have like these weird crazy budgets right they have the money and like you can oh that makes sense yeah there's this kind of controlled environment where you can kind of just you know and depending on what where you play or what kind of stuff like you cover a wide range of stuff i guess i don't right. know yeah well i mean i i didn't wasn't interested in getting into multi-amp setups until i started playing in churches quite a bit more and next thing i know i've got a full wet dry wet rig going on oh wow <laughs> wow i think i mean i like how that sounds quite a bit uh Dual mono is also a great option, but there's something about having that stereo spread that's really cool. Yeah, I used to, I used, with my, the Bradshaw board system that I had is set up so it's stereo outs. Nice. Um, which sounds really cool, but the size stages that we're generally yeah. playing, and even how we set up, like I'm all, you know, we always set up pretty tight. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you can always tell when it's stereo. Right. Um, well, uh, you have to be like in the right spot in the room, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And like our, our jams don't really like that's that's not where we're kind of coming from in terms of like you know, like oh, listen to the way that the echoes are ping ponging off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Though I will say that um, I I have an ABY box. Yep. And Steve and I were talking about this the other day. I will flip it during the show. Yep. Just stage volume wise, like sometimes if it's just tearing my head off. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll flip it so it kind of cancels each other out, um, mm -hmm. and nice. that way it doesn't. It's not as gnarly there. And Scott, our our front of house guy, can always say, "God damn it!" You know, he can hear me do it. And then right. Just flip, flip the face of the board. Yeah. yeah. Right. Nice. So uh, I was thinking we could talk about how you guys are doing touring now, since like that's a pretty unique way to do it. It seems to be working out yeah. well for you. So instead of for listeners, instead of doing like multi-week tours uh the whole city sets up these like weekend-long residencies in, in a couple cities a year and people seem to travel quite a bit for them yeah we've we've been doing how many cities i think we're doing six cities this year is that right so Brooklyn, we started here in seattle seattle, seattle. Um, chicago. chicago nashville boston um 
and then and then Brooklyn, right? Well, and we did, and then well, we we did that that one run with Frank Turner's thing. So that was like, that was Boston, New Jersey, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that yeah. was like a little just kind of primer run. It was really based around this Frank Turner Lost Weekend thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we just kind of were like, well, we might as well put some shows around this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that was a good way to kind of get things cranked back up. So we have well, we played in March. So well, there's also. We do the U- London in March. Yeah, and that's and that's an, an annual thing now. Yeah. Oh, so nice! It's, it's like the first weekend in March. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. But yeah, I mean, like the whole every so much has changed. I mean, like what we call an album cycle—that's the term for it. You know, it's like yeah. you know, you get maybe maybe you get a chunk of money from a label, whatever that is anymore, and you go in the studio and like you're supposed to have like fifteen to twenty tunes to record. Yeah. You put the album out and you tour it for two years, mm-hmm. and then you take a break and you do it all over again. Yeah, it's just like nobody. I mean, nobody really consumes music in an album format almost. So it's like, no. so we started kind of just recording when we had stuff and we releasing that as singles, and then now we have this record. But like, yeah, it just it, it speaks to the touring model too. It's like mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. Or I mean, we're fortunate that we can do what we do. Yeah, you know? but. Um, it's just, it seems to work out for, I mean, I, I know that people are like, come to my town. Like, yeah. Believe I, me, I, I get it. I live in Memphis. Nobody comes to Memphis. Nobody tours to Memphis. So we're not even a secondary market. But it's like, well, how about you, you know, go see a city, you know, enjoy this this vast land that is the United States. And, yeah. and we certainly try to pick places where people would want to go and spend a weekend. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and I mean, your fans, probably not a lot of 18-year-olds anymore. No. I mean, I started listening to you all when I was... 18, but uh, now I think that it seems like a lot of the fans are in, you know, have jobs, families, kids, a little yeah. bit of money, sure. and they can't afford to do that. There's a guy that brought his kids to the show last night, that was super rad. I saw Hank, well, there, and then there was Hank and, um, shit, I can't, I'm blanking on his name, but yeah, there's... Well, there's Jack Epstein and Levon, too. Okay, right, yeah, there's, I see a lot of, um... Kind of parents with, their, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are several, oh, yeah. and yeah. I'm, I'm, I always like to see that, like, yeah, like the and the, the, the I think the way that we've been operating, you know, for the past couple of years has been like this paradigm that existed forever in the music industry. Yeah, d- doesn't that that doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. and it seems like there hasn't been a. Another there was a shift in that it doesn't exist, but there hasn't yeah. been something that's necessarily replaced it. Right. So you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, that's yeah. The th- exactly it's exactly that. It's like there's there's no rules anymore. I mean, like the, like the cat's out of the bag, the horse is out of the barn, whatever you want to call it. Like, I mean, it's you know, I mean. <laughs> Let's go with cats and bags. Today. Cat, yeah, that's that's right. Cats out of the bag because this is a, this is a cat forward podcast. It is a cat forward podcast. Um, I feel like the other nice thing, just from a practical standpoint, the way you guys are doing it is can afford to keep a home like I've got a friend yeah. in a band that he they did the same thing they tour for two years and he just doesn't have a home address for two well, years well that's sure. like Adrian Linker from Big Thief was just talking about that she's like well I guess I'm going to find a place to live for the first time in like yeah. three years well yeah and this, we went tour- through that early but I mean I, I, I've been pretty yeah. the touring cycle too the just the way that you used to do it in, in doing you know getting on a bus for six weeks or a van or, or whatever I mean it isn't. You can end up really hemorrhaging money. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like expensive. The, the, the overhead that we cut out 
by just posting up, even with hotels, just posting up one place and not having a bus, yeah. not having to pay for the bus, pay for the bus driver, pay for the bus driver's room, pay for insurance. Yeah. Because like there, there's a whole apparatus of like a touring band. Like when it's when you're a business like that, mm-hmm. we cut out so much of that. And, yeah. You know, and it just it streamlined everything. And, um, and we were kind of able to go, to go at it from. Uh, the perspective of like, all right, what, what's fun for us? Right. Yeah. I mean, because the, the, the bottom line is like, this allowed us to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, come to my town. Like, I don't like this, you know, way you're doing it. It's like, well, we wouldn't be doing anything. Right. It, it, like this, this, this gave us a sort of a not a new lease on life, but it just a, a new way to look at stuff. And it, and, it, and it's that changed. It, it, it went into everything else we do. The way we record, the way we write. The mm-hmm. like, it, it's. That one start of doing like a residency at the you know Toronto or the Brooklyn Bowl or whatever, like it just sort of was like the like one pebble that kind of changed everything. And it helped, yeah, it helps to inform sort of a lot of the other areas, like the way that we've been recording now, as opposed to you know like Steve was saying, writing twenty songs, yeah, and then you know booking out a month, six weeks at a studio and going in and recording, which which can be oppressive kind of in a lot of ways, creatively yeah. and spiritually and everything else, and it creates a lot of Kind of unnecessary pressure because you just come off the road of playing an album, and then you're like, yeah. now create something completely yeah. new. Well, yeah, and you try and write on the road, and or now whatever. we have to finish this thing because yeah. this is what we do, as opposed to saying like, hey, you know what? Let's get together and record four more songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. Steve, what do you got? Like, yeah, like what's Steve, in the Dropbox? Steve yeah. brings in a couple songs, and Franz has a couple songs, and I have a couple songs, and then you know, Craig starts to comb through stuff and and whatever he responds to and works on lyrics, and then we all get together and and you know, work on the songs, go in the studio. And then it's like, okay, we did that, and then let's do it in two months. Yeah. yeah. And it makes everything less precious, and and, yeah. and and which then allows you to have more fun. And I like the variety, because, like, you know, everybody's in, like, just wherever headspace they're in, you know, after those two months go by. Or, like, you know, it's like, hey, like, whatever, it's fall now, and I'm feeling some autumnal vibes, or whatever, you know, like, and, you know, it, it's, it's cliche, but there's a real thing of, like, you know, if, like, look, yeah, we, you know, if, if an entity gives you a big lump sum of cash, there's going to be a dude from the label that's going to show up and say, so, what's, how's these sessions going? Let me hear what you got, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like... And then they, they get the say. Sure, you know. Yeah. it's um, And hopefully you're working with them and everybody, yeah. but still, it's like, we're just kind of... It's not that we're doing it on our own because we have an outside producer, Josh Kaufman, but it's it's just a... It's, it's more relaxed and I just ultimately I think it's more musical. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, it's just working for us now. Yeah. And, it, and it keeps you, I, I like doing kind of small chunks or small bursts of it because you're, then you're constantly being creative as opposed to ha- having to switch gears and like, all right, now we're in the touring phase yeah. or now mm-hmm. we're in the writing phase. Now mm-hmm. it's like we're writing all the time. Yeah. And and I say this all the time, and, and but like, you know, being creative is something that you have to be in shape for like you would, you know, doing something physical like running a marathon or anything yeah. like that like you wouldn't just roll up and say all right i'm gonna i'm the starting line and here we go because you'd never make it through it I hope and this not. way it keeps you in that creative it keeps you in creative shape you know perpetually so, mm-hmm. so. yeah and too like i feel like you know you go in and you do a session you record five songs and then like you kind of live with those for a while and you get jazzed about it because you know you always like you're always stoked when you record something and it kind of mm-hmm. comes together but then you kind of listen to that. It's like, okay, well, where can we go from here? Like, wh- 
you know, what can we add to this? Do we need like a ballad or like, or like, like I'm listening to these recordings and they're inspiring me to write something else. Yeah. You know, it is this, this kind of like hopscotch sort of thing where, you know, whereas like when you make a record, it's just like you put your, all your chips in mm-hmm. and you yeah. just tour it, tour it, tour it. And then you like, you know. It, yeah. It, the, the, the way that we've been working, I, I think helps to sort of, um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's sort of shepherds or, or it, it um, you're really good at this. Help me out. It, the the evolution of the creatively what you're doing, mm-hmm. I feel like it. Um, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm usually really good at this. Um, <laughs> it's never happened to me. Yeah, before. but but it, it, I think it, it it really helps to kind of inform that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's more of a creative cycle, yeah. You know, um, and and that's and th- that's just the whole thing. It's just like just stay being creative. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't turn it off. You know, because yeah. we can just sort of we just go out when we go out and we record when we record. You know, yeah. We yeah. write songs and we play shows and we're a rock band and that's kind of what we do. Yeah. yeah. So. And you got fans apparently who will come well, from a lot of places. See, we wouldn't it. do any of that yeah, if, if they weren't yeah. there. That's yeah. the very fortunate part of it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Like we that. That kind of allows us to do those things because yeah. mm-hmm. that didn't exist. Those people didn't exist that wanted to come see us play. It's kind of well, and like they're kind of part of the narrative too now, you yeah. know. And, and it's like, you know, there's the, you know, Franz came back, and like we kind of got a renewed lease on life creatively, creatively, and you know, it's weird how different like the music business is changing in 2014 when we put out Teeth Dreams, mm. but like it's so radically different now than even just five years ago yeah you know and so that record was what it was and but like i feel like there is some air in us now some light mm-hmm. you know um and i think people respond to that too nice yeah know? i think so well yeah, and that's i think again by being able to operate um and make decisions kind of based on what's fun for us mm-hmm. you can people can see that it's like oh these guys are having a blast yeah I guarantee you, it, it might be a stretch to travel, but you'd have a lot more fun seeing us have a lot more fun than seeing us roll through on a Tuesday night, being like, "Oh yeah. wow, we're in El Paso." Yeah, yeah. no offense to El Paso, but no like, offense to El Paso, but, but like, I get, I get that. Coming, coming to El Paso, it's going to be a Tuesday. You might not want to go out. You might not be able to afford to get a babysitter. You yeah, know? it's like, it's you know, you, anyway, it works for us. Yeah, nice. That's cool. Um, what else did you, did you have anything you wanted to mention, Andrew? I had several things, but okay. it depends on w- whether or not we want to open up a can So, of let's talk about Strats. Strats. Tad, Tad mentioned, like, uh, <laughs> the, the, in this last group of songs that we recorded, he played a Strat in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew was talking about, you know, how we kind of favor Gibson's, like, you know, yeah. set neck humbucker kind of guitars. That works in a live setting, but then recording and things off. But, like, I'm curious as to what y'all think about the... You being coming up, how you come up in the world of guitar, what, I feel like the Strat is very polarizing. I think they're, I mean, my first electric guitar was a Squire Strat right. that I got because I like Jimi Hendrix. Sure. Like, I I don't have them now. I don't think they're comfortable. Really? Oh, see? See, I think they're oh, very Oh, my God, it's the most comfortable <laughs> guitar ever. I was, I was like... Oh my God! It fits me like a slipper. Well, that was oh, the well. point. That's, my, my, that's how I feel about Tellys. My, my body's a little different of, than yours. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. Carrying around a butcher block. Um, you know, my it, first Telly was a thin line. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
No, I like I like the offsets. They're well, just more comfortable for me. Yeah. No, well, and they, they they work well for a woman's body. They right? do. Yeah. Much better. Um, <laughs> you know. I mean, I feel like Fender is just so crushing it right now. They they are. They're doing great with their marketing. Especially. It's just so forward. You know, it, so it's, it's Gibson is, and I love Gibson, and they, and goodness, you know, the perceived notion is so. I mean, like, almost any Gibson guitar looks like a violin or something or something. It, it looks, even even though Fender, we're talking mid-century, it's it's still mid-century modern, and it's yeah. still that kind of thing. It, it's I feel like it's always going to appeal to to youth. It might, yeah. You know, I mean, but I, I mean, when or, or, or when or seems more attainable. It's definitely more affordable. Yeah, like way more affordable and. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I don't think you see a lot of young musicians really playing Gibsons just because of the affordability. So that yeah. when you're a young musician, you listen to young musicians, and then. Right. I mean, I wanted a '58 yeah. Les Paul from the time I could remember what guitars were because you know. Because of the, all the people that played him, and my dad had a friendly baker who had one, and he played him. Yeah, but, my, Moloch. Moloch. That's right. Um, but like, so like, the, even just the, the you know the bridge and middle and the neck and middle position, like, cause see, like we come from a world of, of the '80s, like growing up in the '80s. So that was everywhere. In the '70s. And the, yeah, and there was a backlash to it. Yeah. You know, it was like a chorus pedal and a quacky out of phase strat was like corny. With a lot of reverb too. So wonderful. But such a Steve Miller. Such a such a just a guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's like eating a fridge full of hagenbaum. Or even even bad brains. That's a that's a strat with a chorus pedal. Totally. What's wrong with that? So I'm I'm really curious as how that that it's shifted now. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like it's you know people kind of go like they don't have any cultural baggage going back to it and they're like yeah. right this is this sounds rad to me yeah you know i mean yeah, I, i'll play through that jazz cultural chorus. baggage i have a yeah. jazz the chorus your cultural baggage <laughs> the steve selfish story I mean, i'll share my hot take on what i think uh like fender and gibson and all of that is uh pretty straightforward i, I mean i worked at guitar center a couple of years ago for a couple of years and for every gibson that i sold i sold 10 to 15 fenders it just sure i'm they, sure yeah. i mean they they sell themselves, and the big thing is uh, there's more variety for a there variety is. of people of variety. who are coming to guitar and trying to learn for in terms of body shapes and comfortability. And sonic there's variety. Sonic variety. It's the the Fender Play. They're doing what they're doing with Fender Play is smart. So right. genius. It's yeah. It hurts my head. Like how is nobody else doing this? This is genius. Well, Steve brought this up yesterday, the day before. And I have to apologize. I am so oblivious to like what like. I mean, I look at the internet. Yeah, and I yeah, do, yeah. and I do not. Yeah. I'm, I'm bare, the only time I ever really post stuff on Instagram is when we're out doing this. And, yeah. And it's I don't even I don't even put the the social media tag that I'm supposed to in it because I can't remember it. I won't tell Brandon. <laughs> I know. He I'm knows. gonna get a text message from him. Did Being you? like, dude, you gotta use the tag, and I'm like, I don't know what it is. THSCS. There you go. THSCS. What is CS? Constructive summer. summer. But why wouldn't it be like CSSEA? Oh yeah, I wondered about that. <laughs> we're keeping it just for the whole thing. Yeah, for All the right. whole thing. It's one whole constructive summer. Well, you were saying I brought something up. No, uh, oh, we're talking about the the Fender Gibson. Um, well, the difference in the relationship between the two and how Fender is such a younger brand, 
Um, it is. And I don't, and I, you know, when you said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. Yeah. Um, but I don't, and this goes, I don't want to derail this conversation because I actually am super fascinated by this and I want to kind of understand more of it. But, like, I guess I mostly just get the gear that I get because that's what I've always wanted. Like, yeah. like oh, I always wanted, you know, like, yeah. or, or because I see somebody using it that I want to emulate, which I think is another big sure. part of how people... I mean, that's why I bought a Jazzmaster. Exactly. I like Elvis Costello. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, hey. yeah. You know, like... I mean, um, we've really got into the whole 335 thing, like, or three, yeah. three XX. I mean, it's just, there's something, it's kind of the perfect guitar in a lot of, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest American inventions. I mean, oh, Ted McCarty just, I mean, it, it's, I know what he's talking about right now. I don't know that name, but. Ted McCarty was the guy that ran Gibson. Gibson. Like, yeah, okay. he was like, you know oh, what, like, right, right, we, right. we need this. Like, he was the one that pushed to get a semi-hollow guitar. Nice. He pushed to get the PAF, like, with yeah. Seth Lover to make the PAF. Okay. Yeah. Um. Also like 335s because like you know they're a little bigger and they're slimming. They make it look skinnier. That's why it cut. Yeah, it's like a purse. It I just got like a belly. very. Yeah. I just got my my friend <laughs> my friend builds guitars under tuna tone and it's so small. I saw, I'm like, oh, this is great. It's so comfortable. And I see myself in a picture. I'm like, mm. I'll never. Play oh, that this. little that, that <laughs> guitar. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm gonna. I play it all the time. So I love what, it. What was that? Make it look small. It's so small. Ronnie Wood was playing that one guitar, and I went to I said to Tad, I was like, that looks like one of Emily's guitars. Yes, oh, yes. That the, was like one of the, the first couple of songs. Huh. It wasn't a tele, it was in weird shape. It was like, oh. I mean, it was kind of it was black like, and sparkly? No, 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 it was uh, like pink. Oh, it that's was, right, it was, yes. Oh, nice. I, I, I didn't tried, even notice. I tried yeah. to get a picture of it. I probably won't be able to find a picture of it. I'll look later, um, but, uh, yeah. But, oh, no, yeah, I know, I think I remember yeah. what you're talking about, and I probably thought the same thing, but also that show was a lot of emotions. For me. That was really cool. The guy next to me was just really distractingly playing air guitar the whole time. Oh, like dude, really, I was like, you, you gotta stop. And I was thinking about switching with my husband, but apparently the guy he was sitting next to was also super, super weird. So there's yeah, it brings it out. It sure. does. It does. Oof, That's too um, bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, as D Dusty, our tech was saying when we left, like. I'll be unpacking that one for yeah. a while. So lots of unpack. <laughs> lots of unpack. That was great. I, I didn't know what to expect. I never really know what to expect. I kind of went with a bad attitude, or maybe like a self-protection mode sort of thing. It's like, whatever, this is going to be like lame, like, you know. Yeah. Just, I almost didn't go. Yeah, it's like, they're, they're not going to get me. They're not going to, you know, and fucking Charlie Watts, man. Huh. Like, that was, that Class was act. heroic. I mean, yes. he's, you know. Just ruling the stage, ruling the arena, just mm. driving it with a little tiny Gretsch kit and playing like a jazz musician and like just <laughs> so good. So so and Ronnie, God, Ronnie came to life so kind of halfway good. through. Like I, he went for it. Yeah. I didn't like I. See, I think Ronnie was making a conscious nod to Mick Taylor. Yeah. Like when, when they did Midnight Rambler, I think he, I think he was on purpose that he played the Les Paul. Yeah. And I swear he even played a little bit of mix stuff from like Get Your Yaya's Out. Like um, that was the, that was a highlight for me. Was Midnight Ramble. That was amazing. That was a really good show. My my husband, um, when he was maybe eleven, his uh, mom left him with a sitter and went to see the Rolling Stones, and he got so mad because he liked the Stones. He's eleven. He liked the Stones. He got so mad he dug an enormous hole in the yard. 
and he never got to see them. Dude, this is wow. I have so many things to say about this that I don't even want to get into. Uh, uh, did, did he put the records in the hole, or did yeah. he just like the? No, I think he just went out back. I guess the sitter wasn't really watching, <laughs> so he like just scooping the dirt between his legs, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a dog. It's a little shovel. Is he reading about the Battle of the Bulge? Or yeah. I'll show you, mom. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna right? dig a foxhole. But dig a hole in the yard. Screw you, mom. I do what I want. This will teach her to leave me at home with a sitter. Did you notice how, like, the majority of the show, like, he didn't even look like he knew where he was. No, I thought the same thing. He came to life yeah. on the two songs that he sang. Yeah. All of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, what he's the all right. hell happened? Yeah. I was a little worried and then... Like, but even on the walk down to like the little catwalk thing, like when he was just like kind of like changing guitars or like walking, he seemed fine, like yeah. Yeah, cool. But like as soon as he got a guitar in his hands, it was like, I swear to God, at one point he was drooling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was arresting to kind of see. Th- at the same time, I feel like I sometimes when I'm playing guitar, and I, not like this, because he, I think his seemed more just disinterested. Or, yeah. Or yeah. Like, like he's just like, I can't believe I'm playing this song again. Yeah. I know, now that I know that there's going to be the meow, I love it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I can go into kind of a fugue state sometimes sure. when I'm playing guitar. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely have like resting basket case face. Yeah, and there, and this, we talked about this too. Like you're just you're so into something, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden you get this like little reflection, and you realize you're drooling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what's that glistening? Oh my god! <laughs> well, and like oh, like it, it's like the, you know, the older you get, like. Like you're like, oh man, I'm just feeling it, and like you're like, get your eyes closed, and you're like, maybe you're picturing like, you know, Jimmy Page, the end of the rain song, you know, and then like you look at it, it's like, oh, I look like a sleepy old man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing me at 20. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, like look, Gramps is tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like, whew. oh my oh, god, Eddie, that was. Would, would somebody get a chair for him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I need to sit down. I'm worried about it. Yeah. Someone get him like a like. A, Saline infusion, or yeah. mm. Mm. You, know, uh, you know, don't he's gonna he he's proud. He's not gonna he's gonna get mad if you tell him to sit down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, BB King wasn't too proud to sit down. That's true. <laughs> That's true. As long as he was playing, it's all that matters. I remember seeing when it was him. He's like, I know what I know what people are thinking. I'm thinking he's so old he can't even stand up while he plays. And those people, I say, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still that? playing. Well, he's dead now. He's, yeah, he died. Well, <laughs> I was thinking in past tense because we were just talking in past in heaven. Um, can we talk about Eric Clapton? Yes. Yes. Oh. Oh. Hot takes inbound. Yeah. Yes. See, I, I love to troll people with Clapton. Yes. Oh, you're gonna tell us Clapton story? I have a Clapton story. I have a Clapton story. All right. Um, you go first. Well, we just um, let me get because I'll get this out of the way because yeah. yes. like I I think it's. Because I wanted to get to the Eagles too. <laughs> the, the Eagles is easy. People that oh, I hate the Eagles, I hate the fucking. You know what? I get two words for you. Joe Walsh. That's four words. But just, just meow right the phone. Yeah, yeah, like no, like I'm, 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 I'm into the Eagles. I love Joe Walsh. Um, you know, Eric Clapton. I had mixed feelings about that whole thing, and I think he's easy to to. He's an easy mark, certainly. Yes. Depending yeah. on the era you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like, oh, yeah. it sucks or whatever. But the, the couple of things that I remembered watching the documentary on Showtime, mm. one was he invented it. Yeah. Like he was the first guy to plug a Les Paul into a Marshall and turn it all the way up. I mean, yep. and Jimmy Page will say that. Yeah. Like, I mean, with great reverence, it's just like mm-hmm. Eric cracked the code. 
Yeah. And you can't front on that. I mean, like, no. if you like loud rock guitar, he has so yeah, much. Yeah, that's with where it. it comes from. Yeah. Like, and, and if you listen to some of the like the the stuff you did with um, John Mayall, like, and then you listen to Led Zeppelin, like you're like, holy, shit, he lifted whole lines from Eric Clapton. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and also. To, to speak to sort of maybe Clapton's demeanor and I think which which left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth he had t- two of two of his closest relationships with other guitar players um, like friends that he made that I think were were really important relationships to him both passed away almost within a couple of years of him meeting them ah, like yeah. Jimi Hendrix and then yeah. Dwayne Allman yeah and I think that was harder for him. Like nobody's yeah, ever really. Hard. I haven't. Heard, I haven't heard anybody bring that up before. Yeah. No, I remember. So like, Dickinson said a funny thing. Not a funny thing, but he had, he he kind of nailed it when I guess it was when Steve Ray Vaughan died. Mm. Yeah. It, 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 that too. Dickinson's like, I've never seen death follow somebody like it does him. Clapton. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, his late seventies and early eighties. You know, a bit. It, it's. It, whatever it is what it is but like I just like people that have like kind of like I don't know maybe they consider them like they they have a a, a sort of punk rock way to look at the world and like they just they can't say and I just like I'm like check this I I love it they get get so mad for no reason like I'm just like you know yeah but like I mean blues breakers with male cream blind faith like the other thing too is like his look was unstoppable yes oh my god he had it so put together man I mean, like during the, and that Derek and the Dominoes record is incredible, hands down. <laughs> Bell bottom blues, man. Yes. I mean, you know. Yeah. I guess that that, that was an abrupt yeah, sort yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we ran out of gas. Yeah. My, my, I was in a guitar store uh, for an event a few months ago. And some guy comes up, he starts talking to me and a girlfriend, and he's like, oh, how long have you been playing guitar? I'm like, well, I've been playing since I was eight. So he's like, oh, wow, that's great, that's great. He's like, you know who you should listen to? And I was like, who should I listen to? He's like, you should, you should listen to Eric Clapton. I'm like, you think I have a f***ing listen to right. Eric Clapton? Oh, who is this Clapton you speak of? I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Deep cut, bro. It's like, you got to listen to his vibrato technique. I'm yeah. like, mm. Yeah. And he's the guy from the Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I used to work at a guitar store in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, sold vintage guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were right across here from the Peabody Hotel, which is like the nice hotel. I, I know the Peabody. Yeah. My friend, the Ducks. The Ducks. My friend just texted me. She's like, tell Steve I drank with him at the Peabody. Who is that? I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, <laughs> so everybody would, who stayed at the Peabody would come over. So uh, Eric was doing his like blues tour. Oh, yeah. Hello. Um, so I'm sitting there packing a box, you know, a guitar mm-hmm. box, and I'm like, dude, like this guy walking across the street looks just like Eric. Oh, whoa, that is Eric Clapton. <laughs> and so he walks in, and it's like, God, that's Eric Clapton, man. And and like, so I'm, I'm using like newspaper to pack the box, so I've yeah. got like, like ink. oh yeah. He's like, hey, I'm Eric. I'm like, dude, I, my hands are filthy. He's like, I don't care. She shakes Aww. my hand, right? People are like, kind of freaking out at this point. He's like picking up. He was really into like cheap acoustics, like the mm-hmm. old K's, and you know. So he's picking those up, playing, singing songs, you know. Uh, he's like, "Do y'all want tickets to the show? Yeah, sure." You know, um, buys a bunch of stuff, and like this guy's like, "I'm gonna get my guitars in the car. I'm gonna go get him to sign it." So his handlers are like, "Hey, we gotta go." He's like, "No, I have to wait for this guy to come Aww. back with his guitar." Signs the guitar, leave. We're like, "Wow, that was amazing." We go yeah. to the show, great seats, great show. Um, 
the next day he comes back, he's like, "Were your seats okay? Did you have like, did you enjoy the show?" We're like, "Yeah." I was like, "I'm so glad." So everything worked out. You got in all right. Aww. Like, it was amazing. He was like the nicest dude. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of nice dudes, thanks so much for yeah coming out and doing this. Yep. We'll leave it with you, with Eric. Us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I'm. He's not gonna make it to the show tonight. I'll look forward to seeing you guys. Uh, all right. Yes. Um, if you are in. This will probably come out next week. So if you're in Chicago, Nashville, Boston, Boston or Brooklyn, check out the whole city when they come to your town. Get the new record, Thrashing Through the Passion. Out yesterday. Out yeah. yesterday. It's a good record. And uh, like on Facebook, follow on Instagram. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes, please. And um, everyone want to say goodbye? Wait, can I, can I do it? Yes. Right. So if you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to <laughs> smash that bell icon to get a notifications in your email. <laughs> smash that bell icon. You've been watching some Watch Mojo videos or something. Uh, All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks for understanding. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, nice.